everyone, G-Money here, futurist disruptor ape, and your source for all things NFT. You're tuning into the Cutting Edge Podcast, where we discuss the importance of the emerging NFT market with culture's most influential people. Whether you want to know about the next biggest drops or just want to know the basics of where to start, the Cutting Edge can help. It drops every week after our live shows, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitter. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Cutting Edge Podcast, where culture meets crypto. Today, I'm joined by street artist and photographer, best known for his internationally recognized works like Face to Face, J.R. Alouve, and the upcoming documentary Paper and Glue. Now he's exploring new territory with his first NFT, Greetings from Giza, dropping in less than 17 hours. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome JR. JR, how are you? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in Egypt, actually. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, thank you uh, for staying up late. What time is it over there right now? <laughs> it's 1 a.m. It's okay. It's not too bad. Okay. Yeah. So I, I assume that's probably, that's probably still an early night for you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, we had kind of an intense, you know, it's intense to kind of go through the, the past, you know, it's intense in all of us in our lives. But when you kind of go to the 5,000 years of past, then it becomes much more heavy. So you actually sleep early and you have crazy dreams because it's like connecting with like everything's under you is from 5,000 years ago and everywhere. So it's, 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 I've never realized it to that depth until I came here. And so I've been traveling the country the last uh, two weeks and I'm still here and it's just fascinating. I, I'm curious, what kind of crazy dreams have you been having? Look, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's crazy. The more you think about that civilization from 5,000 years ago, the, 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 the everything's just under sand and, you know, we, we just, you just dig anywhere and you find those boats and those, you know, all those kinds of like, uh, stuff that they, they had at the time that are way more advanced than ours. And you're like, how did all this knowledge disappeared, you know? And of course, we know a few of the reasons why it disappeared, but it's still kind of crazy to us. And especially in the moment like now where we trying to make sure that things stays forever. And, uh, and maybe we had found a better way than them at the time, but it's just, who knows, you know, it's, it's, they had, they had it figured out and, and then people lost that knowledge and then we came back to something maybe close to it or who knows if it's better or worse. I don't know, but it's it's very interesting to just go to all and those mysteries and they were hiding things in a way that you could tell that they didn't want anyone to find any day. And in mm -hmm. our lifetime, everyone who's listening now, what is crazy is that we might actually discover more secrets than ever in our lifetime that they've ever been any secret discovered and that's fascinating and this might happen in the next couple of years some of the people that i've met here they say it might happen in the next year sometimes i wonder if they say that every year but actually <laughs> i don't know if you heard about the recent scanning of the pyramid they scanned the pyramid and discovered some chamber because of the new technology they could see the kind of holes and spaces and pyramid that were that have never been found and now they, they they know the way to access to it they just need to you know they've sent robots and everything they've seen the road to it inside the pyramid but they need to kind of come and like break some stones to get to there and they might be the biggest treasure ever found so yeah it's fun. Wow. It's, you know it's, it's 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 nuts to me that some people have hidden some stuff five thousand years ago and we still haven't figured them out 
and that would yeah. be your life if you didn't see it. Yeah, no, I, I agree that I haven't, I've never been to Egypt and I haven't seen the pyramids yet, but a couple of years ago, I went to Stonehenge for the first time. And, you know, I was just like you, like I was in awe, like, you know, this was done like 5,000 years ago, like, and the, the amount of, uh, of, of time and space that like people traveled to like move these humongous rocks. I'm like, yeah, it's just, I'm always in awe, uh, for these, for these wonders of the world. So I, that's that's incredible that you've been able to spend some time there. Is it your first time in Egypt? No, I've been there. That's my third time, but uh, it's maybe the you know the last time and this time where I I dig the most. And now mm. we did a big trip to the whole country, so I've I've definitely seen more than than I've ever seen before. And yet you leave and you feel like you haven't answer any question you just it just raise question in you you just you know and that's that's the power of art art raise question doesn't give answers and this is what this place do to you uh, some people left uh, you know secrets at the time and it still raised question within you yeah no i agree and i i mean i'm gonna i just i want to start uh with one question that i had uh at the beginning that i i think would set the frame for like the entire for the entire hour is you know you're a street artist you're very prolific uh you put your work out there for the greater good um and for you it's it's definitely about the art and making people think uh so because of the nature of, of how you put your art out there you generally don't monetize or if you do monetize you don't monetize in a traditional sense uh one of the things that people have been speaking about a lot uh in nfts is ip and ip rights and where does that fall who owns it? Who deserves to own it? Like, what what rights do you get when you buy an NFT? I want to, so I want to just kick off the conversation with what are your thoughts? Uh, being an artist for so long uh, and being a, a big artist for so long, what are your thoughts on IP uh, in general? I guess let's start with like street art, art in general, and then work our way towards NFTs. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's actually a great question because uh, it, it kind of defined my whole work. If you take my whole work, it's always public and uh, and free to all, okay? And so you take any of the giant installations that I've done, and even let's take the one at the, the Pyramid of Giza. Um, it's, uh, you know, if you go there, maybe, okay, the Pyramid of Giza, there is yet a small fee to enter the site because it's a protected site. But let's take any like the Eiffel Tower or like recently the Pyramid of the Louvre. Um, anyone could come and take photos, all right? And they own that photo and that's their photo. Um, uh, now, when I take the photo and the artworks, because it's, it's the first, to answer first your question, one thing you should know about my work since more than 20 years is that I self-finance all of my projects and i don't come from a rich family at all i just happen to have always reinvested every money that i have made from the sales of my artworks into the works that i do so uh, and in in this it's another really important point that i like to add i don't work with any brands or corporation or government money to be totally free into every move that i do so um I'll give you an example when i do the project at the pyramid of the louvre um, I install the work and I negotiate with the Louvre that I will pay for it myself, but I would own the rights on it. And anyone can take photos and it's free to all, but the photos that I will sign with my own hand, and I often do like just 10 or 15 unique prints, those one I will sell and the money that I will get, I will reinvest it into my work. So often people that collect my works don't even know that I use that money to actually 
finance the next project. And that have been the case since the last 20 years. So, you know, in the, the, you, you can quickly make the parallel with IPs because, you know, uh, it's the same thing. And, and that's why the parallel uh, with NFT was just perfect for me because uh, it, it just came and, and arrived in a ways uh, that I've, uh, it's almost that it have been made for the kind of work that I do or made for like the kind of art that I do that yes, is in the street, but also exists within museums because it's so ephemeral that the only trace you keep of it will be the photograph of it or the NFT of it or whatever would be actually kept by a collector, by a museum, by someone that would then, you know, pass on that, the, 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 the actual original piece uh, from a generation to the other. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, so I guess that that I, my next question is, how did you how did you first find out about NFTs? You know, it's it's uh, okay. So it's 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 kind of nuts because I feel I'm I'm geeky and at the same time I'm way too naive. You know, uh, I give you an example. I made my first website, which is still the same website, jr-r.net, in two thousand one, and at the time it was just because a friend of mine told me yo, there's this guy, he knows how to make website and you make graffiti and graffiti doesn't hold long. So maybe you could take photos and you put them on his website. So it's still the same website today. That's why when you Google JR on Google, I'm the first one to come up. And yet it's the most common name in the US because this website have been there and registered forever. And I have been posted a photo every day on the early 2001, 2002, 2003, way before Instagram. So when Instagram came, it was just like, oh my God, that's just perfect. I can finally share that picture every day on there. So, uh, but yet I was not the first one connected on Instagram, even if, you know, uh, uh, I got my JR pretty early. But on NFT, I kept hearing about it from the really early stage, maybe not as early stage as like crypto punks, but like, like early stage. And then it always like, stay in a corner of my mind and then I wait and then I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily go as the first one. I kind of wait of where it will make the much most the much sense for the work that I do. And of course it could have happened on many other projects, but sometime I had already financed that project or sometime I had, I, you know, I was so taken. I'm, we're a small team, you know, so when we go and we go around the world, you have to imagine we do everything by ourselves, get the permit, build, do the whole thing. So sometimes we don't have the time and sit and plan. And and that's why I waited so long to do it because I wanted it to be right. I wanted it to be connected deeply with the work to be thought of from the beginning of the creation of it. Right. Yeah. That, that makes total sense. Right. Like I, I think, I think we're right now in, uh, I think now we're starting to come out of that phase where uh, NFTs made a huge splash on the scene at the beginning of the year. And then I think there was this quiet period where a lot of creators, artists like yourself that were like, okay, this thing seems like it's here to stay. It seems like it's real. Now, what can I do with it that is true to who I am as a creator and is something cool and interesting that I want to do, right? And I think now we're, we're starting to see that with, with people like yourself and others that are, are starting to come into the space uh, in a very authentic fashion. Definitely. And and that's why it's fascinating because I was observing, of course, but um, I was not in a hurry. I, I really wanted it to be to make sense. And, uh, and you know, that would be only my first one, uh, which I'm very excited, uh, but I will do many more. Uh, but I would always not rush to do it at every single of my project 
whenever it makes sense. And if you look at my work, it have always been the case. I never repeated a project. I never copy paste any other projects. I've when you know when I've done a project or had a, a, an issue, I would never come back on it after. I move on and I always reinvent myself on every project and goes into ground that I don't know. Because if not, what's interesting about being an artist and going through this journey, if it's not to actually explore the zones where you're actually uh, the less comfortable in, you know. And so, because I want to learn, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm studying as I'm doing. And NFT is the same process to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that I, I definitely agree with. Um, one of the questions I guess I have, um, because I think this is really pertinent to uh, current uh, NFT creators that are coming up, was like, how did how did you get started? Uh, when how did you go from being a street artist and let's say like doing graffiti and posting your pictures on walls randomly to like figuring out how to uh, get an income from it so that you can continue doing it? Because I think that that's like super interesting, especially coming from a world where you generally don't get paid for your art. Yeah, and 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 again, so. You know, c coming from uh, you know a, a family that you know uh, didn't have much money and also didn't uh, uh, knew much about the art whatsoever. I didn't even know there was art school. I didn't even know there was like galleries. I know there was museum because sometimes in school they take you to museums, but I didn't know there was a job for being an artist. And I started doing graffiti. Graffiti is about leaving a mark leaving a mark to be remembered, leaving a mark to say, hey, I'm here, I exist, you know, I live in these projects, but you can see my name on the side of these walls. And then some people from your community comes and say, hey, I know him. Oh, yeah, he's the guy who lives there. Or we don't know who that guy is, but we've seen his name. It's interesting. I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening now knows the same from that world where everyone's behind an IP, but knows kind of who is who and or if not, kind of know of, you know. And so graffiti was kind of that same very tiny community, but that people would start recognizing each other. And uh, of course, I couldn't make no living from it. And I would not even thinking of making any living. It was taken, it was called vandalism and you could pay fine for it. But what's interesting is, uh, you know, by chance, um, uh, my story is that I grew up in a neighborhood where there was a really famous gang of graffiti, uh, which was called ABC. And they were really legendary guys, but a bit older than me. And so I could never catch up to them. They were so good and I was so young. I, I, it just, it was such a gap. So when I found a camera, and that's a true story, I found a shitty camera in the subway, not digital even, it's like a film camera. I started documenting the trips of like going in the subway station and tagging trains and I would just photograph it, making sure we don't see their face, but we kind of see the scene and what's happening in the tunnels and on the rooftop. And then I started making photocopies of those because that was really cheap. And I was giving, giving them to them. And then I started pasting them on walls. So you have to imagine that because I was born in 83, I'm the generation who have actually seen low-cost flights happen so I could travel, uh, that I have actually seen a digital photography arrive so that photography was not a rich spot anymore. It's, you know, I, if I was born 10 years earlier, I would have never done what I do because I would have totally missed on the the the... the this chance to catch that train, you know, and, and put my name on it. So uh, from there, people started noticing my walk in the street because I would paste those photos in the street and I would frame them with paint and people would be like, oh, what is this? And when the, the city would come and clean the paper, the frame with paint would still be up there. So I would come and paste it again and then started mm -hmm. enlarging them. And so this journey started and then 
when I was uh, 22, uh, uh, 23, Banksy and his manager contacted me and like signed me up in their gallery in London. And that was the first gallery I, ex I ever exhibited in. And I started selling my work. So between then, I was just hustling from here and there, making money, unloading trucks on markets, doing other kind of walks. And then from 22, when I did my first exhibition in London, then, you know, I make a couple thousand dollars and I, same thing, continue reinvested them into my work. I always knew that I didn't need much to do my work. And if you look at the progression of my work, it's just that it's uh, uh, also, it's a clear journey in the same direction, which I've always reinvested the money in so that I'd be able to do what I do and engage more people and do what I do today. So, you know, it's, I see a lot of parallel with the, you know, the, the uh, NFT world and the, you know, uh, the, the way communities get together and, and uh, it's, it, to me, it's fascinating. All those bridges, I feel like it's like, uh, I'm, I'm entering uh, another community. Oh well, yeah. I'm, I'm brand new, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm finding the same pattern. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. And speaking of community, uh, one of the things that we do here on the show every week is we do a po-op. Uh, and so that, that window actually just started for those that are listening in live. If you go to g.money forward slash POAP, P-O-A-P, uh, the window will be open for like the next 30 minutes and you'll be able to connect, uh, collect this week's POAP featuring JR. Um, and I, I think that that's one of those interesting things that um, I think is really remarkable about what you're able to do uh, even before the rise of Web3 uh, is you have been a, done a really good job at creating communities around the world, right? Like you will go to these different uh, areas around the world and you'll have people, strangers, help you with these installations. How, how did that come about? Uh, how did you find them? How were you able to bring these people together? Okay, so um, a few ways. First, I, I never believed that anyone would help me except my friends, you know. And when I went to the Middle East, you know, when they were building the wall between Israel and Palestine, that's when I realized how the communities on each side would come and say, hey, hey, you, you know, I'm from here. Let me help you. I've, you know, uh, and I say, they would first ask me, what is the purpose of, what is the purpose of your project? And I said, no, I'm an artist. I'm here, but who is paying you? No, I'm paying myself. I came here, took my own ticket to come and do this. But why are you doing this? I say, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I took those photographs. Maybe by pasting them, it would raise question and maybe change the perception we have about this place. And then I said, okay, I want to be in. How can I help you? And I said, look, I'm trying to reach that wall. Can you help me? Yes, I know that person is my neighbor. Take the ladder from this other guy. Let's go there. Let me help you paste it. Let's get the water from this guy. And then I, w I was trying to find a place where people tell me art have no place here. So I kept, you know, all my first years, if you look, I went to like Brazil, Cambodia, India, Liberia, Sierra Leone, Sudan. Um, you know, all those places I was, I was waiting for someone to say, art have no place here. And actually people tell me, who are you to think that art couldn't have not a place here? You know, everyone needs dignity and art is an amazing way to actually change the perception people have about us. And so in each of those places, not only people would help me, but they would not help me, JR, that would basically would help those posters to get up because it would change their own you know, life and the way that people would perceive them. And of course, they knew that it was no fake promises. I didn't know what it would change. And I didn't know that I didn't come there and say, by doing this installation in the favelas of Brazil, uh, this is what is going to happen. And I remember having those conversations with the drug dealers 
and and telling them I'm not going to pay any money to do this. I'm asking if I could do that. It's a project about women, and I want to pay them on the hill. And each time the same thing that we say, but what, you know, what are you going to accomplish with that? And I, I could never, you don't have an answer for that when you're an artist. You raise questions, you don't give answers because you don't have them. And uh, and each time people are like, okay, let's try, you know, because I was ready to fail. And I always try a project and start a project when there's more chance for failure than success. So we installed it there. And now if you look at the project in the favela, for example, 11 years later, it had a gigantic impact. Now there's a school there. They they put electricity and installed many of the things. The city uh, uh, and the mayor had admitted that this project had changed the perception that he had about that place, uh, the, the the way the people are being perceived, even if it haven't changed the whole situation. But we took tens of children out of uh, drug dealing. It's, I, I would have never thought that art could have that impact. Once I realized that, I started applying it in different places, in prison, in like lots of different contexts around the world, and making it free to everyone. I have a project that is called Inside That Project, where I send free posters to whoever sent me their photo. I don't ask what's their project. I don't ask what's their message necessarily. I would just say, just whatever your statement is, as long as you're not an extremist, will ship your posters giant size wherever you are in the world for free. But if you can afford it, just pay for someone else. And this project, I thought it would just die a year later because of the community would like take advantage of it. It's been 11 years and we've sent 400,000 posters anywhere you go in the world. And you see those posters wow. were like, you know, 30 feet by whatever on the, um, on the walls. Mm -hmm. And I haven't taken the photo. I haven't pasted them. I just printed them. And so the community base, it's, it's an essential thing. I even like 15 years ago on my website, there was even just a map and you could click wherever you were from. And this way I would see how many people wanted to get involved depending on the country. And I would be like, oh, wow, in India, there's hundreds of thousands of people, I mean, hundreds of people in this city or a thousand people in that city. Let me go there and create a project with them. Wow, that, that's incredible. I mean, just, just hearing how you were able to build these communities um, well before Web3, right? Like that's, I think, one of the promises of, of NFTs and, and really what people have been super interested in. And I, I, I always find it amazing when I talk to creators that have been able to build a community uh, well before, before this. And like that makes me super excited um, to, to see what, you're, what you have coming down the pipeline. Uh, but I guess for a second, right, like I, I kind of want to, I want to turn to uh, your, I watched your TED talk this week from 2011, oh, which was incredible. Uh, and in it, you had, you had a line where, you know, you explained that your love of street art was, was mostly due to the feeling of you want to leaving a mark on society, right? Um, yeah. How do you, how does that apply to uh, the new project, Greetings with Giza? Like how, how is that going through that lens for you? Well, you know, in Greeting of Giza, there's two things. It's like connecting the most ancient monument that we know of, one of like the most impressive one at least, to like the one of the most recent technology that still like fascinates the, the, the whole world. And so when you look, okay, when you look one of any of my images, you always see the photo of the installation, right? That with the mm -hmm. background and the black and white images we needed that we really installed. None of my images, by the way, for everyone listening, are Photoshop. We go and paste or install or build scaffolding or paste with hundreds of people in each of those places. And so the thing is, normally what the, the, the final piece that will remain is always the photograph of it. That's the only trace we have of it. And I could never find a way 
to kind of uh, make sure that my community keeps a piece of the actual original artworks. You know, if you look at the pyramid, if you look at um, uh, the pyramid of Gizeh, you, you, you can, you know, the, the actual artworks is the black and white hand holding a section of the pyramid that will create that illusion that the pyramid, that the top of the pyramid is, is floating above. So for the first time, you know, uh, uh, with NFT, I can decompose it in tiny sections and make sure that the community owns each of them a tiny piece of it, of the actual original artworks. And when you look at how we did the pyramid of the Louvre, you will see that there was a 1,500 piece uh, section um, pasted. But of course, you know, the more people would walk on it and the more they would disappear. And so it's the first time now uh, that uh, I can make sure that actually not one single person owns it, but like 4,591 person would actually own, you know, uh, the sections um, of it. And, and that's to me, it's fascinating. It's like I'm just the, at the beginning of that journey and this, there couldn't be a better project to do it because uh, there's mysteries within that pyramid. There'll be mysteries within the NFTs. And, um, and, and everyone will have that tiny section of it that actually is an, almost an abstract painting that it's the pure definition of what I do. If you look at the backdrop of those inside out posters that I've sent around the world, I've always used dots. And the reason why I use dots, it's because in those uh, posters that people send me from around the world um, since, you know, 2011, some people have a good camera and they send me a great file, you know, but some people have a shitty phone or like a shitty camera. And I didn't want it to uh, some be this disadvantage from others. So I used a, um, you know, a half tone filter that became my signatures to uniform all the image. This way, no one is like more professional photographer than another. Every portrait looks the same. And when you zoom in, all you find is those dots. Well, I apply that to all of my works. And so all of my pastings, anyway, if you zoom in, you'll find those dots. And that's what you see in that uh, in those NFTs. Each one of them, when you zoom in, you'll find those dots. And those dots are literally, you know, the, the, what defines my work. Yeah, yeah, no, I that I, I think it's it's super interesting, right? I I find that super intriguing about the project because I think when you see new artists come into the space, you wanna, you know, you want as a collector and as a fan, you wanna see them coming in in a very authentic way, right? So I like I personally, uh, one I'll say like one of the things I I and I've had this conversation in the past, right? Like I think six or seven months ago, people were uh, spray painting my my ape onto like different walls in different cities and that was awesome right and i i loved it right because i'm like oh my god like this is incredible because i didn't think it would happen this quickly but like one of the the things is to the flip side which you know very well is that's not there uh for very long right it's going to get uh either graffitied over or something new or somebody else will tag it or whatever and so i think one of like the things because because that was happening I was having a couple of conversations with a couple of street artists where it's like, well, how do we, how do we get this so that um, like, you know, the collector or the, your fans can experience it on, on the blockchain, right? Like, so that it, it's, it is somewhere where it lives forever, even though uh, in that moment in time, it's only there for however long it's there for. Right. And I think NFTs uh, are a great way to do it. And I think the way you're going about it uh, is also, really cool and uh maybe sets some sort of standard or, or at least gets people thinking about it in, in a different way right oh definitely definitely i mean you know uh, uh 
in all my practice and in all that have inspired me in art, actually, is when you re-question a whole system. It's when you're like, oh, I thought that I had figured it all out. And suddenly there's a new mode, there's a new model, there's something that expands your perception, your vision, that you don't see the full extent of where it's taking you. That's where I feel triggers as an artist, you know. And uh, and and whenever I feel that I know the whole system, uh, you know, in and out and stuff, that's where I'm out, you know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I kind of want to be challenged constantly and then what a better way to do it, you know, than this process. Yeah, I, I guess, like, I guess going into the details a little bit, right, uh, I know there's 4,591 4, pieces So that's yeah. uh, the number of years since the pyramids were constructed, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, and then could you just go into, I guess, some of the specifics on the pieces themselves uh, as well, like, you know, maybe like some of the rarities and like the hidden messages that people, uh, like that collectors and people should be looking out for? Yeah, so, well, uh, you see on my last post on Instagram, I showed how we decompose, you know, in just like sections. And so you might get piece of the hand, piece of the pyramid, piece of the, the sky. It's all random, but you actually, uh, no matter what, will have those dots because that's how the whole file is being processed. Then I don't know if you know, but you know about the hieroglyph. Um, Gardiner was a famous ancient Egyptian scholar, and he, he created 26 categories of hieroglyph you know, uh, such as like category A, man and his professions, and then category B and C, and then there's all those categories and each each of them, we choose some of the symbols and we uh, we put some uh, in it to make seven and 38 core hieroglyphs uh, from those reference. What was interesting in there actually is that he did the whole alphabet, but there was not the letter J. And so I had to create the letter J. So I created five special symbols that are in there and you have to know for whatever hieroglyph we're using each of them is only used once in it so if you zoom in and you find one of those rarities there's a seven and 38 cores you it's if you have that one like the hat or the glasses or the you know one of the hieroglyph that's it that's the only one that i have it so um, it's interesting that i found crazy that this you know uh, uh, a gardener guy never like um uh, created the little j so you have like trees and plants and sky, earth and water and caves like fish uh, and part of fish. And it's, it's kind of amazing. All of this, you know, you can find it. It's public knowledge. It's on Wikipedia. And I, I, I could not believe it. We spoke with like, you know, Egyptologists from the British Museum from here in Egypt. And all of them say, guys, just open your eyes. It's all over. We've, we've translated this many times over. And, you know, a, a single symbol can mean so much, can tell a whole history. And if you combine them, then it tells, you know, another story. And, and, and you know, we just decided to, to use this. Then, then you have the golden spiral. And some, you know, um, uh, 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 of those dots are hidden around the golden spiral. And uh, you'll see that uh, if you go also on the, on the, you know, on the image I posted. And there's 10 different sections where the piece are from. Sometimes a piece can be from multiple sections, but um, we decided to open it for a week and that's what we did, you know, and those are the last, now it's not 24 hours, like the last maybe 16 or 18 hours to apply uh, now it should be. Uh, so it, it's been kind of crazy week, I have to say, and it's closing tomorrow. Okay, yeah, and, and people go to henny.com to sign up on the list, right? H -E exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We, we uh, you know, we uh, we did the same thing of like you apply and then we're going to validate 
um, randomly, uh, of course, uh, um, people, and then uh, we won't be able to, add, you know, attribute. Um, I have to say, I can't tell the number, but the number are huge. And yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I applied yesterday and I was in talking to somebody on your team, like the number is massive, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's, it's crazy. I've, I've, I, I, it, it gave me incredible hope for like, you know, uh, what can be built as, uh, as a community in the future and what can, you know, uh, like what I can do in, in my work and combine it with like projects. It's, it's just nuts, but I'm excited. We're going to announce the numbers actually, uh, uh, you know, on Friday and then a, a week from now, people will actually receive the actual, uh, NFT. Yeah. And, and so I guess, uh, a question I have then is, uh, and I, I understand if you don't necessarily want to, uh, share that much about like, what with the success success that you're seeing already in the demand and you know what what are you thinking of like for next like what you know i don't want to i know you're working on this right now but i'm sure you've had ideas of like okay like how can i make this a grander a grander thing and i'm sure get more people involved and and make this even even bigger scale right Oh, you know, f first of all, of course, we have a roadmap for this one. There's a lot of facilities yeah. that we come up and I can't reveal them now. Be patient, but trust me, uh, you know, uh, this is just the beginning. And of course, on my other projects, I have to say that, uh, I mean, you know, people will see the numbers when, when it come up, but it's uh, it just gives me so much ideas that I, you know, I never had even a week ago. So you gotta leave my leave me a bit of time to process and be like, okay, wait, let's think differently. That's the community. What can we do? You know, what can how can we empower other communities around the world? How can we have an impact uh, in this or that community? I, I I've seen it so many times in my work with smaller numbers of people on the ground that suddenly having uh, such uh, uh, you know a number of people who wants to be involved from wherever they are in the world. I, I it's my role as an artist to find a way to combine it in a way that have never been done in nft before so that's what excites me the most yeah it's definitely exciting i'm i'm definitely excited like i said i signed up for it um but ah, yeah thank you. I mean, you know will do you plan on um focusing i guess on you know like something i i think that's really interesting about your work is that you go into these under underrepresented uh cultures and underrepresented uh sections of society um, and is that something you plan on bringing into the metaverse as well? Yeah, you know, it's been the uh, DNA of my work from day one, you know, mm -hmm. uh, seeing from my, where I come from, but also, you know, the, the, the way I started doing my works in the project at South Paris, I've still walked there until, you know, like a couple of months ago. I've, I've always like walk in the same communities over and over to actually witness an impact. And, um, I've, uh, uh, you know, we have that school I mentioned that we have uh, created in 2009 in Brazil, but we've done another one in the prison in California. We we had projects in Kenya, like lots of projects. To me, the 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 the, the, the social impact that follows the project is very important. I can't do it in every of the places, but when I can, I go and I go hard and I continue it for years. And uh, of course, this would allow me to do it in a way that I had never even imagine. So uh, I have to kind of reorganize uh, my whole structure into this. But, um, you know, it's I've seen it because I've actually that's the way we have practiced with my team to work in every communities and people who know my work knows 
that it's about the impact. And uh, even if it's an art project, and uh, art should raise questions, not give answers, like I said before, but at the same time, uh, there's sometimes numbers that don't lie, you know, and when you look at the impacts it had in communities, you're like, oh, wow, art is much more powerful than we think. Um, actually, I'm excited because next month there's a movie coming out called Paper and Glue. Uh, uh, it, it's going to come out in the U.S. in theater, but then it will have a worldwide release. And um, it shows the whole process of my works in the border of Mexico. If you saw that little kid that I put at, uh, or, you know, over the wall of uh, uh, between U.S. and Mexico, uh, the process of that, the process of the project in the prisons, my early stage doing graffiti, they, they followed over those years and asked me all my footage to create this documentary about the process. And you'll see that that's the DNA. You'll be like, oh, my God, if NFTs had existed when I started, you know, you know, I, it would have maybe had amplified my work even more. So I'm excited to start now. It's like I'm. It's like I haven't done anything. I'm going to start today, basically. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. I think that's incredible, right? Like I. I. So one of the questions I have then is, as you know, now you we're about we're around the same age. I was born in '82. So you okay. know, uh, you know, a lot of times when I talk to to people that are younger, you know, I I try to give them advice of you know the the times that I've lived through. Uh, what advice do you have for the next generation of multi multidisciplinary artists that are looking to build their impact? Oh, look, uh, to me, and uh, you know, and we started uh, two years ago a, a school in the projects outside Paris, and I had young artists around me uh, for like two years now, and uh, and and actually thinking, okay, what you know, I'm still like I'm I'm 38, so I'm still in the making of what I'm doing, and now I'm trying to pass on knowledge, how do you define, how do you actually uh, try to see what is the most powerful knowledge you can pass? It's not necessarily like how to take a good photograph or how to do this or that. It's it's not about the technicality. It's about how you show your work and how you're actually not afraid of sharing it and how you actually build a community around it. And, and, and helping them doing that in the last two years, I've saw the incredible, you know, life-changing impact it had on them so my, my advice is uh, is you know uh, coming from where i come from where i didn't have to go and present a book and ask someone if they wanted to show my work or display it like we realizing the freedom we have but that freedom that freedom come with a price is you have to be your own boss you have to be organized and from my beginning i remember when i was you know 18 i, I met a collector and I ask, oh, you know, what, 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 what advice should I, you know, can you give me? Because I don't know what I should do. And he say, oh, make as less print as possible. It needs to be rare. And it's, it's, I couldn't understand it at the time because I haven't done much. And I, I, I thought I, I needed to make a lot to actually make a living. And then I realized that uh, uh, this is actually what created the value of my works and the fact that I can self-finance uh, all my projects today. And so I always you know, uh, uh, tell artists, young artists, that you have to go the hard way because that pays off later. And so that's why I don't work with brands because I don't want to spend time into designing any bottle of whatever, of uh, vodka or Coca-Cola or whatever, because I want to spend all my time doing projects that will have an impact that will matter and that will not just be another product that we'll forget by the next year. And so that's, you know, it's, it's of course harder because it takes longer to make a living of it. But all those tools are here today so that you can work 
you know, from your own environment and share it with the rest of the world and sell it. Uh, NFT has just brought a whole other spectrum um, uh, to the to the art market that will benefit to artists way more than it had benefited me when I started. So it's exciting, yeah. but you have to be organized. You have to have rules. You have to go by your own codes and you have to respect them. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really interesting what you just said there, because uh, I think I've seen that firsthand. Uh, you know, it's really interesting that you said that that collector said that to you. And that was one of the things that stuck with you, because uh, one of the things that I've noticed is because of the royalties of, uh, of the secondary transactions, that a lot of artists have been able to achieve success. And and now they just work on the things that they want to work on. Right. They're not taking like the gig to pay rent this month or, you know, some something that they don't want to do that they're not passionate about because now they can they can get a, a, a living much faster. Right. Like it took you years to get there, but now they can get there in a much uh, quicker uh, sense and and work on the art that they care about that can actually like change the world. Yeah, and, and to be honest, there's no excuses. When you go in one direction and you continue in that direction, whatever that is, it will work. It will always work. It's just that someone say, yeah, but come and let's do this side job. Trust me, it's a good thing. You'll make money and then you can use it into what you're doing. The truth is it's, it's a, a mirage, you know. You think and you might make that money, but that amount of time you lost doing this thing, you'll never catch up on it in your entire life. Because the, that you could have put that time onto your own projects, to things that will matter. And you know what I realized? I'm very hard with myself, but I, I, I when I do small speech, like I had to do one uh, a couple of weeks ago, that was like a 10-minute speech on a small stage. And and I, 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 I spoke about the project that really impacted me and, and, and impacted the community. So the one in the prisons, the one in Mexico and this. And then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So what am I doing the rest of the time? I've done this cool project here, that cool project there. But will that be a project that I speak one day if I'm like talking to a class or, or if I'm making a book tomorrow, will, that, will I put this project in it? And then I started thinking, being like, I cut out most of the project that was coming up in the next couple of years because I want to decide this is where I want to go. This is the community I want to work with. This is the journey I want to do. And this is how I want to be inspired, even if I don't know actually what's next. And to fact, some people are scared of not knowing what's next. They need to know what's next year, what the following year. I actually don't know what's next month. And I'm fine with that because living in that uncertainty, living in that uncomfortable zone is what makes you, uh, um, uh, you know, stay focused and like uh, on the hustle, you know? Yeah, it's, no, it's I, the only I, way. I agree. Like embracing that uncertainty is like, that's the beauty of the human experience, right? Like that's, that's like your best moments come uh, when you look back on your life, right? They're not from like that time when like everything was great and it set, like it's really from, it's like, Hey, like you remember, like, you know, the struggle so that you appreciate the good things more. I, I definitely, I definitely think that, right? Like I definitely, yeah. but, but it's an art to actually, you know, of course with years and times you, you might live into more com comfort and comfort can be poison, but you can live with it. It's just that you have to, you, you can't leave yourself an inch of like, uh, you know, uh, 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 going at ease. You, you, it's, it's the only way to go and uh, to me to go and go, go over my fears is I remember when I was, you know, uh, like 20 or so, I would always like, even if I was not sure if the project would work or not, I would buy the, 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 the plane ticket. And it was really hard to re being reimbursed or whatever. And that's it. I was fucked. I had to go. 
And so right. no matter what, I had to go. And I remember the biggest fear actually was taking that train, that plane ticket. It was not being underground. While I was underground, you figure out things. That's it. You go with it. The biggest fear is like, oh, I'm going there, but do I know people? Will that work? Will I get arrested? You know, people like, all come through with their own fear and say, oh man, you're going there. You're crazy. But why, why, why are you going to do there? Does the people want you even there? Like People come to you with all their fears. And the thing is, the only way is to actually just go. And you realize that when you're on the ground and you actually talk with people and you actually, so it might change the whole project because people might come to you with better ideas than yours, but actually you're in the process. And like you said, it's only from those moments of uncertainty, of, uh, you know, uncomfortable moments of uh, sometimes failure that you grow. And those are the stories that you, you know, that, 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 that you'll tell one day. Yeah, I, yes, I totally agree. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that echoes the sentiment. <laughs> um, I, I just want to, there's one minute left on the POAPs for those that are listening in live, and you can go and claim it at g.money slash POAP, P-O-A-P. Um, I guess one question I have is, uh, it's, it's a two-part question then, um, what is your proudest project? And then I guess also like your most, I, I, I don't think you'd be unproud of anything, but let's say like your most uncomfortable one where you felt like you could uh, it could have been better. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, uh, I've never had like a life goal. I never knew like, Hey, this is where I want to be when I be that age, because I didn't know there was even a job for it. So if you look at it, all of my projects, they kind of led one from the other and the other to the next one. And it's like one line. So there's no like, uh, you know, one favorite projects. They're all hard when you're doing them. When you do them, you hate them. The truth mm -hmm. is like that's that's for every single project you're like oh my god you know i hate it it's fucking raining i got arrested i spent nights in jail and i'm back at it is like, and then after when you come back you're like oh it was amazing and you know yeah we got arrested but whatever and then then this happened that we met that person then it becomes this incredible journey but when you do it it's actually hard and you want it to be over. So I've learned over the years to actually learn the process, even if it's how I've, you know, I, I have trained my mentor to actually try to enjoy that process because that became most of my life. So I realized I better enjoy it. If not, I should quit, you know? And I think uh, I managed to do that now and that, uh, you know, it, I, I take things with more distance, but I go hard at it and I'm ready to hit the wall. But uh, often, you know, just like by being there and, and with good energies, you know, good things happens most of the time. And then sometimes, yes, you know, uh, you could have done better. And as an artist and as a perfectionist, you think that of every single project, to be honest. But um, I try to move on to the next one to not have to think about it. So who knows? Maybe when I'll be 60, I'll just wake up and say, fuck, what did I do? I, I should have done this better, that better, that. Right now, I don't leave the time to think. And it's maybe better for me. Right. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> so we've talked about how NFTs could change street art, right? But how do you think street art could change the metaverse? I don't know how much time you spent thinking about it, but, you know, I guess just off oh. the top of your head, what are your thoughts? No, definitely. I mean, there's ways that, you know, okay, one thing that's very important to me, my work, if you look at all of the project, is about connecting people. But it's about connecting people in the real world, reconnecting people in physical space uh, to like, so that people, uh, you know, pace together and they didn't know each other. So create, you know, I, I could make my work with just giant banners and four 
guys installing them and that'd be it. I'd rather get thousand people to install tiny piece of paper and try to connect them together. So whatever excuse I have to make it more complicated, I will use so it will engage more people. So in, in there, there's many ways of how you know I, I can I can use the metaverse to actually uh, engage people and gather people in physical space or some people who are you know uh, on the other side of their computer that they can have someone pay for them and then one day go and visit. I mean, there's many ways that I haven't even you know digged in, but I know there's a whole world there where I can engage much more people and I will make them go out of the house and 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 apply something anywhere that will connect to the bigger picture. Yeah, I, I love that, right? Like that, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know that, that you want to make things as complicated as possible so that you can get more people to connect. I think that's, uh, that's beautiful, right? Because I think one of the beautiful things about uh, Web3 and the rise of the metaverse is you're able to connect people from all over, you know, different parts of the world, right? Like us, even right now, we're on opposite sides of the planet and we're having this conversation with, uh, you know, a couple hundred people listening in real time. And that to me is incredible, right? And it's like, at the end of the day, we are all just humans looking to connect, uh, whether it is through our phones, uh, in person or, or whatever, like that is part of the beauty of being like a human being, right? Um, so I really appreciate that you, you take that into account. Uh, like obviously you've seen it in in all of your work in the past and you know it, it looks like you're going to be very focused on it on you know especially as you come into the metaverse yeah 200 percent. it's really it's just it's just in the dna of all my work and so it's you know i love describing it because uh, some people don't necessarily see it if they only see the photos of it but when you start on doing it within the community and understand how those space things are being done you realize it's it's that's it that's the the whole layers of it. My work is really about layers and you can go deep and dig and dig and dig and you'll find more layers. And that's why I even started doing those murals. You know, the, the one of the things actually, to be honest, when I, I first heard about NFT and I was working on those giant murals that have a 1,300 people um, all moving at different speed, you can click on every single person and hear the story. They're all like video art. And I've showed them in museums and stuff, but I could never like, you know, find a way that's actually someone on it. And I was like, oh my God, that's just going to be perfect for it. And I I've, I've still haven't released it in any way, but I'm just, that was the first time I was like, oh, thanks God, there's a technology that's here that will actually connect with something that I was creating that I had no idea where it was going. Yeah. I, I, that is totally on point. You know, I'm, I know I speak for a lot of people when, uh, I'm happy to have you in the NFT fold now, and I hope you start incorporating, uh, your stuff, uh, your, your NFTs into your projects going forward. And, you know, when I first, when I first saw this or, or heard about it, I was like, you know, that's dope as fuck, right? Like, this is something that, uh, I think is really cool because, uh, especially as a street artist being able to incorporate something permanent uh, to engage with your fans. Because uh, I, I do think that like, that's kind of like the next level as well, right? Of what's coming is this, how do you get NFTs to kind of be part of like performance art, right? Because like right yeah. now, everything is about, oh, this is forever. It's on chain forever. But like, how beautiful would it be if you have like this memory uh, that is representative of this small single moment in time 
uh, that existed for a small a small certain period. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And in uh, we, you know, again coming back to Egypt, where you know those traces was left. Some of them, you know, because just the civilization had disappeared and it's just there, and some of them were left so that one day someone will find about it. Clearly, it's just there's not even a question about it. They were hidden so that they will go through time and that people would find them. And even if a lot of them were like stolen and disappeared and left through fires, there's still so much. And I feel like as a, you know, as a civilization, um, it's not the architecture that we're building that will be there in a thousand years. It's not, you know, I think what we're building on another dimension is maybe what's going to live through eternity. And, you know, again, who am I to, to say or to speak, but that's, uh, I don't see any of the constructions that we are doing now that can last as long as the pyramid. And you have to understand it. When they built the pyramids, there was like 10,000 people. It was like an effort of a whole civilization, like the 10,000 people uh, that like every day would walk on this for like 20 years. And nobody would reproduce that today. No one even, uh, you know, it's, not, it's the life goal of nobody on this planet and so it's something else that we're building that's like will define our civilization and 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 i feel that this is a big part of it right yeah so uh before we go um what what can we do to support you outside of uh you know obviously people go sign up for the the wait list uh to see if you can uh get one of the nfts uh what else can we do as a community to support you well, thank you. I mean, uh, you know, it's just the beginning. I will keep sharing it through my Instagram or my Twitter. Uh, and uh, I will, uh, you know, uh, be much more active after this drop uh, to, you know, explain on the next steps and on the next projects. And I always start from there uh, because that was just my classical way of uh, of, um, of sharing or, or the more private list is, is through my newsletter on my website, gr-r.net. And uh, I, I've, I've, that's like my old base, like uh, since like 20 years, but I, I will uh, grow and of course, uh, you know, jump on Discord on the Henny channel or, or, or other channels soon. And, and, and it's just the beginning of a long journey. So I, I'm, you know, I'm very excited, but that's like the, the center point of, of where to find me. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's late over there, so I, I appreciate you staying up late. Um, <laughs> no, real pleasure uh, talking with you. Uh, yeah, I hope to see you soon. Yeah, same. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time and listening. And uh, have a good day or night, wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Cutting Edge. Subscribe to stay up to date on our latest episodes. To catch the show live, follow me on Twitter at GMoneyNFT and tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitter Spaces. The world is changing. Whether you like it or not, NFTs are here to stay. Community has never been more important and the opportunities that are coming will impact our culture forever. Join me as we explore the new frontiers of the metaverse on The Cutting Edge.